Hey everyone, my name is Eric Escobar, and I'm the Tech Talker. In last week's episode, I talked about how to take your data with you on the go and how to keep it secure. As I mentioned then, one of the best ways to keep your data secure is to encrypt it. I got a ton of emails asking how exactly encryption keeps data safe. So in this week's episode, I'm going to dig into the world of encryption. Don't worry, because I'm going to make it really easy. Let's take a look at how base encryption works. Basically, you're taking something that makes sense to people, such as a sentence, and manipulating it in such a way that only you know how to reverse what you did with it. For example, say you had a secret message. You could substitute every letter for the next one in the alphabet. So every A would become a B, every B would become a C, and so on and so forth for every letter. The word cat would then be DBU. Everyone knows what a cat is, but it may not be obvious what DBU means. That is unless you know the trick to convert it back to cat. So at the base of it, that's all encryption is. You're taking something that is known, such as the word cat, and transforming it into a ciphertext, which is just a fancy word for the encrypted form of the word or data. Now the substitution I made is a pretty easy one to break. It may take a person just a little bit to figure out, but a computer could crack the password in seconds. Without going deep into the world of math behind cryptography, and trust me, there is a ton of high-level abstract math that goes into this subject. Cryptography requires a lot of randomness to make guessing harder to do. Let's take a look at my earlier example of the word cat. If I wrote an entire letter using that type of encryption, it would most likely include a few one-letter words such as I and A. With a few guesses, a code buster could probably begin substituting I and A into the letter and start to crack the formula pretty quickly. This is because the pattern used to scramble the letter isn't very random. This episode of Tech Talker is brought to you by Betterment.com. Betterment is the smarter automated investing service, helping people to better manage, protect, and grow their wealth through leading technology. The service offers a globally diversified portfolio of ETFs designed to provide you with the best possible expected returns for retirement planning, building wealth, and other savings goals. Betterment is a CNBC Disruptor 50 and Webby Award winner and has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, and the Wall Street Journal. Betterment helps people to achieve a smarter financial future with minimal effort and for a fraction of the cost of traditional financial services. Learn more at quickanddirtytips.com offers. That's quickanddirtytips.com offers. Okay, there are primarily two different ways cryptography is used with computers, symmetric encryption and asymmetric encryption. It may sound really complicated, but don't worry, it's really not. Symmetric cryptography is where the message you're encrypting is secured with a passphrase. This passphrase is both used by the sender and the receiver of the message. Now, this is one of the easier methods because there's an agreed-upon password. However, there is one flaw with symmetric cryptography, and that's when you're trying to send a message to someone who doesn't know what the password is. An example of symmetric cryptography is where you might encrypt a file on your hard drive. You would use the same password to encrypt it as you would use to decrypt the file. There's only one password or key. But say you're going to send a friend an encrypted message, but they don't know what the password is. How would you send them your password so that they could decode the message? If someone saw you send the password before the message, they would then know the secret to decoding the message, which would defeat the purpose of encrypting the message in the first place. And that's where asymmetric encryption comes in. And another way to think of a password is to think of them in terms of keys, like a key used to unlock a door. And this is the same thing as public-private key encryption if you've ever heard that term tossed around before. What happens in this type of encryption is that one key or password is used to encrypt data, but a different password is used to decrypt the data. This means you can have one key that everyone can know. This key is used to encrypt the data, 
But when the data is encrypted using this key, it can only be decrypted using a private key. This would be the equivalent to sending someone a box with a lock. When they receive the box, they can put whatever they want in it and then lock it. However, once the box is locked, you can only unlock it with your key. Now, I just glossed over a few years of graduate level math, but that's essentially how a large portion of the internet operates with this public-private key system. And as I mentioned before, this has the name public-private key cryptography because everyone can use your public key to lock or encrypt their data. But from there, only you can unlock that data with your private key. What's great about this is you can securely communicate with someone without them needing to know your password. If you've ever used a secure website protected with SSL or secure socket layer, then you've used this type of cryptography without ever knowing it. When you visit websites such as Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, your computer and the website use this method of exchanging keys back and forth without you ever realizing it to keep your data safe from snooping. Okay, well that may be all well and good, but how the heck is encryption broken? Well, the first way is if a website's private key is found. This would be done by carelessness or a computer vulnerability, or just some other way a private password is found. The second and much harder way to break encryption is to find weakness in how the computer encrypts data. There are many different ciphers that a computer can choose to encrypt data with. Some of these ciphers are decades old, and there have been issues found on some of them. If a website uses an old cipher with some known holes, it can be like finding an I or an A in the letter. It's a point where the computer says, hey, I know how this message was encrypted. Again, it's way more complicated than that, but you get the idea. Web browsers take care of this exchange of information and keys without you ever having to get involved, which is extremely handy. Well, that's it for today. Be sure to check out all of my earlier episodes at techtalker.quickanddirtytips.com. And if you have any further questions about this podcast or make a suggestion for a future episode, post them on the Tech Talker Facebook page. And until next time, I'm the Tech Talker. Keep technology simple.